You're on Radio 191 FM, it's 36 past 11 and you're on the Politrix show with me, George. Uh, I have an interview here with Ruth Evans now who is making a board game um, uh, on the on New Zealand's mineral extraction industries. She is a student here in Dunedin uh, at the um, Politech, at the uh, School of Art. Enjoy. Uh, and also soon we'll have headlines as well at, at 10 to 12. Uh, and then the second part of the interview with Ruth. Well, it's actually a tabletop game, not a board game. Um, <laughs> which is something that took me a long time to find out exactly what to call it. Because the game's architecture, so to speak, um, consists of cards, dice, scoring pins and a sand timer. And so in the game you have two decks. You have a planet deck, and inside that deck there is um, resource cards and action cards that you use to attack opponents or defend against attacks. And then there's the bribe deck, and in the bribe deck you have political officials and people in positions of power who you can bribe and they can help you develop your advancements in mining. And so the idea is that you play as a corporate tycoon and you gather points and you use those points to mine the planet, so it's one point per card. And then as you go along, you gather up the resources and once you've got three of the same resources, which there's non-metallic minerals, iron sands, coal, gas, oil, gold and silver once you have three of those one cards you then export them as a shipment and you roll the dice determined on the card the number of dice and then you add up those points and they go onto your 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 scoring pin which basically acts as like a a, a stock acknowledgement or whatever and um, once you have 10 points you can then start bribing people if you run out of points, you're technically out of the game and you can sell your action cards to gain more points um, rather than using them in order to stay in the game. And so the different action cards are at different values. And um, the idea of the game is that you need to bribe five figures or officials. You have to have five bribe cards at the end of your turn and then you win the game. But winning the game is actually really hard. Usually. Well, that was kind of a, a bit of serendipity. Um, as I was making the game, I was trying to create a way that people could win the game, but then as we started to play the game during the prototyping sessions, it became quite clear that winning the game was really hard if your opponents were incredibly cutthroat. And so more often than not, everyone lost the game because the planet ran out. And unlike most card games where once your planets run out you just reshuffle it and you put it back together rather than doing that because the planet is supposed to represent a finite system when the planet deck is completely exhausted the game comes to an end and everyone loses and then when that happened repeatedly i figured well this is actually quite potent to the message of what the game's about um. yeah it's based on new zealand's mining Industries and um, and the things that are mined in New Zealand, so um, or minerals that are extracted in New Zealand. So the non-metallic minerals represents 
a huge array of different materials and minerals that are, are derived. So the like sand and and aggregate and gravel and and all the rest. They were all when in the the way the industry talk about these minerals, they lump them all under one umbrella, which is non-metallic minerals. And then the other resources that are in the deck are the minerals that are currently mined and wanted in New Zealand. So um, even though people aren't necessarily aware, New Zealand does actually produce quite a large quantity of silver because wherever there is gold, there is silver. And so Martha Mine um, in Waihe actually produces 80% silver and only 20% gold. But it's considered to be a gold mine because gold is valued at 70 times that of silver. So what they really want is gold. And silver is technically a byproduct of that. And that's a similar thing with gas. When they first started looking for gas, they weren't actually looking for gas. They found gas. What they were looking for was oil because they knew there was oil in um, New Plymouth and Taranaki because when the European settlers arrived... Um, in that area, they were finding that their their dresses and their boots and their pants were being covered with oil, which was just washing up onto the shore. And so a lot of the things that we actually are mining producers in this country are byproducts to things that we really want. So that's gold and that's oil. Well, when I first decided to do a game, I had no idea what my game would be about. And I explored lots of different ideas. So um, one idea was to make a game about the UN and how messed up that I'm actually going to make that game. It's going to be really good. Um, and then another idea was to do a game about agriculture. And um, another one was mining. And the interest of mining and agriculture are reflected in my previous collections. So when I was in my first year at art school, I did a project called Memories of Extraction, which was about mining. It was a contemporary jewellery project using um, steel as the, the body of the jewellery, which was then TIG welded. And then the best work from the collection were the vial rings, which... Um, written as V-I-L-E you know, ugh, vile when they contained so there were steel shanks which had a glass vial which contained different resources inside them and then there was other rings which had the coal vial rings which were just um, sub-bitumous coal sourced from um, the mine down near Balclutha, which name I'm currently, oh, Kaitangata, Kaitangata Mine. Um, and so these were rings which were about mining. And then all my research was looking into um, the history of mining in New Zealand and and stuff. So I do have previous bodies of work which look into mining. And um, I guess for me, as well as it having a environmentalist twist, I'm also really fascinated with the things that we will do to our planet to get the materials that are within and rather than acknowledging the the amazingness and the value of this planet we have to destroy it just so that we can access something that's pretty like gold which has no real purpose other than just 
being productive. They do use gold in electronics. They also use silver in electronics. But the majority of the gold that is out there on the market and the majority of the gold that is extracted in gold mines is deemed for jewellery production. Monopoly is a really interesting one. Um, one of the best comments that I've had about Go Mine so far, which is, um, which I just recently received on Facebook, was this game will make Monopoly look like a game for the innocent, which I thought was perfect. Um, Monopoly has a really fascinating history. Um, it was actually originally created by a a woman called um, Elizabeth. Maggie or Lizzie Maggie was what she went by and she was a, a Quaker um, and left-wing um, during the early 20th century and um, she was very staunch in her opinions and she was um, followed a, a specific economic theory of um, which I can't remember the the theorist who created at this point in time, but basically the idea of the game was that you would play um, as a a potential landlord, and it was actually called the landlord game. And she used this game as an opportunity to educate people about the way land ownership and the monopolising of all of that can be a very painful and um, just constantly keep you trodden down and then as she went along after she got it painted she recreated the game numerous times and the last one she ever created was um, the landlord game and prosperity and so you play the landlord game as you would like Monopoly where you advance yourself along and then at some point during the game at any time one of the players can say okay well let's now play as prosperity and then the game flips completely, and rather than um, the 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 people landing on these areas and having to pay rent, um, suddenly it changes that those that own the land have to um, start paying the taxes and, and the land in order to to keep it up and everything else and and it and it basically switched it around. And the way that game is won is when the person with the lowest amount of money gets to $7,000, I think was what it was. And so as it went along, this game kind of, always kind of stayed quite underground, and then other people got their hands on the game, and it was Parker Brothers who managed to turn it into the monopoly we all hate now um, <laughs> with... With, with rebranding it, calling it Monopoly, completely ignoring all of the left-wing principles behind the game and and pushing forward. But then there's also another um, fascinating game, and, and a lot of this um, history came out when um, a creator of a game called Anti-Monopoly um, was sued by the current owners of the rights to Monopoly for... Um, for an, intellectual property breaches and he spent a really long time researching the origins of monopoly because he was aware that they didn't actually create it and that they themselves had stolen someone else's intellectual property rights and he did a lot of research to find out about 
um, Lizzie Maggie and her life and what the purpose of the game was in order to challenge that court case. And so with anti-monopoly, it starts the other way. So rather than starting with no properties and all this money, you start with lots of properties. And as you go around the game, you, you lose it all and, and, and stuff. And that's become a little bit of a cult classic to rip on Monopoly. Um, but probably the most interesting game that I've come across, which is actually an art piece, um, is Yoko Ono's white chess set. And for that, there's um, it's a standard chess board, except there's no black and white squares. It's the, All the squares are white, and um, you know the difference between the squares because um, she's used depth in the board. Um, and then both teams are white. And as you play the game, you lose your pieces, and you have no idea what the hell is going on. And so what her game was all about was to display the futility of war. Make These are the Radio 1 News Headlines. Hello everyone, my name is Julia and these are your 12 o'clock news headlines. Dunedin singer Kylie Price has been invited to represent New Zealand at the Texas Sounds International Country Music Awards next month. The Department of Conservation is investigating the gruesome death of a skinned Kiwi in Northland. And Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg and his wife want to wipe all disease off the planet by the end of this century. All of these stories and your weather are coming up at midday. Making a game was really hard. It was really hard. I had no idea. I knew I wanted to make a game and I knew I, I wanted my game to be about certain issues in society but I had absolutely no idea of where to start and I was really lucky that when I first started to think about making a game there was a um, an exchange student from America and the art school and the electronic arts department who had met my flatmate Benjamin Watkins also known as Icky um, and so he arranged for me and her and her name Zoa Zoa Smalling to get together and Zoa basically asked me what games do you like what games would you like your game to be like and at this stage i i don't think i'd played a game since i was a little kid except maybe like card games drinking games or whatever but i certainly hadn't thought about what sort of game i would like to produce so zoa was amazing because she helped me realize that i needed to learn a lot more about games i needed to research game theory which was a is a fascinating thing to research um and so she and and me and a bunch of other people got together to play a bunch of the the games that she had brought over with her from america and she is an absolute gaming fanatic that's what she she does she makes games and um and so she explained to me what it is that i needed to do um i needed to create a prototype of a game i needed to get people to play that game and then I needed to be really open to accept overwhelming criticism about the poor state that the game was in and allow it to change with the advice from those people. So while I'm technically like the creator of the game, without Zola's support and without all of those people helping me, it never would have been able to become what it is. So there's a lot of collaboration along the way. Yeah. 
No, it's definitely at this stage not for mass production. It's actually a lot closer to what Lizzie and Maggie was doing, which is just producing a few of the boards and then getting it out there and encouraging people to share it with other people. So when I've created the game, I'm hoping some people would, will buy it. Um, I'm also hoping to put the game into some of those um, board game libraries that are around the place. There's one up in um, Northeast Valley. Um, but I guess for me, with uh, um, using um, digital technology for communication, is coming more into play now with trying to raise the funds to produce the game and um, and really just the research components of the game like without without the internet I wouldn't be able to to know all of this stuff I want to be able to be aware of what's actually happening in the mining sectors and everything like that so I do think though that like a lot of um, board games or tabletop games, you know, like Catan or whatever, they've got their own um, digital versions online um, so that you can play with people at the other side of the world. But it, And I, I enjoy Catan. I love Catan and I play Catan on um, my son's tablet um, with randoms around the world. But it's so much different. Like, it loses a lot of the gaming mechanisms when you have this device in between you and whoever you're playing with like i mean with Catan, really what it's all about is trading in order to be the better colonizer essentially and when you're playing on on a platform like a computer you lose a lot of those those negotiations and those interactions so it can it can be quite lacking. But then I do prefer to play Scrabble with people on the internet because generally they're better than people I know. <laughs> I think it's also a lot more hilarious and um, fascinating from a like psychoanalytical perspective to like witness the way people are in those in those times, you know, like with the computers in the way, you can't tell if someone's bluffing or you can't you can't figure out what's actually going on, but when you're playing with people in the real world, you can read them, and there's a that that really appeals to the um, to my interest in psychoanalysis. So, the the corruption element is um, is something that I've been researching for my dissertation, which is another part of my my project. Um, there's the game, and then there's the the songs that I produce in relation to the game, and the songs that I cover in relation to the game um, and then there's um, going to be a collection of zines which are my dissertation chapters and those zines um, explore different areas of the way the government specifically the current government national government plays a part in um, these systems and I mean as you can just see with the the current situation right now with um, the oil and gas block permits, um, a lot of the um, the corporate tycoons um, are fleeing New Zealand at the moment um, because basically they're not finding what they want to find. Um, but at the same time, they're being invited in. I mean, one of the things I found 
quite fascinating with my research was um, looking into um, mining in Northland. At the moment, the people in Northland are really working hard, very, very hard to prevent Evolution Mining, an Australian company, from um, opening up a gold and silver mine in Puhipuhi, which was previously mined um, for mercury. And Puhipuhi has a very high mercury content in the soil. And Evolution Mining want to begin... They're currently actually um, exploring at, at, up at Puhipuhi now um, to find when they can start mining for gold and silver. And the people up there are understandably very concerned about what it will do to their waterways with, from the tailings, from the, um, the pollution and so on and so forth. And the only reason these mining companies are aware that this is a thing is because the previous mayor of Northland, of Far North, has shares in a mining company. And when he was mayor on the ratepayers' bill, he went over to Canada and America to attend mining conferences where he basically just sold Northland and Far North as a potential for mining. And, um, and then they all moved in and they purchased up those permits and began to do their thing. And then it all became um, exposed that this is because of the mayor, that it was him that pushed this forward. I haven't been able to find any research as to whether or not um, members of the National Party, like Simon Bridges or John Key himself, have any interests in shares but they certainly have interests in privatising these resources and selling them off to the biggest bidder under the claim that this will be good for the, um, the economy of New Zealand, when in reality it won't. All of what is extracted will leave these shores. The work will not go to people here. It will go to the highly qualified people brought in probably from Australia um, because New Zealand doesn't even have a mining school anymore. If you want to advance yourself as a, a miner in that field, you can't study in New Zealand anymore. They shut all of that down. And so while they claim that the jobs will be opened up, all you have to do is look at he and see how the jobs have not opened up. You might be able to get yourself like a trade job and yeah, it'll be a decent pay considering other terrible pay jobs in this country. But the majority of the work will not stay here. And so also just bringing in, like, the multinational corporations like Shell to um, drill for oil and Anadarko, of all people, um, is, is very concerning. Um, and there's also been a huge push recently for seabed mining, um, for phosphate on the Chatham Rise and Iron Sands and um in the south taranaki basin and so all of these these things that the government are promoting actually go completely against the promises that they made recently at cop 21 um to reduce emissions by between 2030 and 2050 and so the government will present New Zealand as clean, green, pure New Zealand, so on and so forth. 
and then they will continue to promote these these areas to the corporate tycoons to come and just destroy the land and emit more greenhouse gases and and stuff so